we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors, come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. It's Halloween weekend. <laughs> that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I know when I was a kid, it meant candy and lots of it. These days, though, it means fall, cooler weather, north wind, shorter days, times of field, Thanksgiving right around the corner, <laughs> harvest time. Front Door to the Camp House is brought to you by my friends at Calming Care. That's the one I've been telling you about, C-A-L-M-I-N-G, Calming Care. For your dog, it settles the overactive dog, the overbarker, the overjumper, the dog that's destructive to the home, the furniture during a thunderstorm. Calming Care can help. Learn more when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. Now, don't get me wrong, the woods can be a spooky place. I remember hunting in the Ozarks in Arkansas years ago, deer hunting. We started before daylight in the morning, and when I tried to find the truck after dark that evening, <laughs> it wasn't in the first two dozen places I looked. That was before cell phones and GPS technology in the palm of our hands. And then there was the time that I was hunting turkeys down on the Rio Bonito Ranch, a lonely stretch of the world down in South Texas. I don't care how big and burly you are. As hunters and outdoors men and women, we've all been spooked a little from time to time out in those woods. Like the morning I was walking through the dark to my deer blind and I stepped in a covey of quail. They flushed all up around me in the dark. <laughs> I had to stop and catch my breath. But my favorite spooked on a hunt story happened down in South Texas, just outside of Junction on the Rio Benito Ranch. I had been invited to come down and hunt turkeys and I drove like a madman to get there in time to roost the birds the night before the hunt. I made it to the ranch gate with about an hour to spare. The ranch house was nine miles off the highway. The turkeys that I was there to hunt were another five miles deep into the ranch. I got there in time to see hundreds of birds pitch up on the roost, the most I'd ever seen. They were roosting in trees located on the side of a pretty sheer cliff. At the bottom of the cliff was a running creek. I knew when they came off the roost they weren't going to fly up to the top of the cliff. They were going to come right back down where they had launched from. So I was really eager to get out there the next morning and get started. The main house on the ranch where I slept was built in the mid-1800s. It looked like something straight out of a ghost story. And that night at dinner, the staff on the ranch told me that I might see strange happenings during the night. They claimed to have seen the ghost of a young girl on multiple occasions by multiple people objects physically moving with no one in sight and strange noises deep in the night. Now I don't believe all that mess but I did sleep with one eye open. <laughs> Eager to get to my turkeys the next morning I walked the final half mile of the trip, set a few decoys up within just a few yards of where I would sit propped up against a live oak tree. I nestled into my honey hole and hit my owl hooter in the dark. Hundreds of turkeys gobbled at me. This was going to be a special day. 
things quietened down and there was no noise at all for about 10 or 15 minutes when all of a sudden, from about five feet behind me, yeah, this ranch had psycho deer on it. I'd never heard one until that moment, but I'll never forget it. Have a safe and happy Halloween weekend. Hey, maybe you'll spend it in a lonesome cabin in the dark woods. That would be just perfect. We're going to relive some favorite folks and memories from this 12-year trail that we've been down thus far anyway. And we're going to start with my friend Ray I up in Missouri. Ray, a couple of years ago, was an October guest on our show talking about hunting turkeys in the fall. We're going to relive that conversation coming up in just a few minutes. David Miller up in West Virginia killed a giant buck back in 2018. A 17-pointer that he had studied and worked hard to get. I want you to hear that story. It's a hunting story. The painstaking steps that David took, the smart hunting that he did, it paid off. You'll hear his story today, too. Plus, one of my game warden buddies, Steve Stapleton, you've heard Steve on the show many times, tells us about some of the interesting folks that he's met along the way on his journey as well. (laughs) Kick back, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and make yourself at home. You're in camp with us on Halloween weekend at Kinder Outdoors. Brought to you by Calming Care. Hey, I do want to clarify that this is not a drug for your dog. It very gently and safely over time works to settle the overactive dog. If you've got a bird dog that just bounces off the kennel walls all the time and you'd like to settle that without taking any of the hunt out of him, calming care may be exactly what you're looking for. Learn more when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, if you're going to be in the Dallas area on Monday, this coming Monday, why don't you come shoot sporting clays with me? The annual Northwestern Mutual Clay Shoot at the Dallas Gun Club, benefiting Team Connor Child Cancer Research. Hey, we'd love to have you. KinderOutdoors.com. Hey, this is your blood brother, Ted Nugent. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, which is very seldom, I'm thinking about it or dreaming about it. With Kinder Outdoors, God bless America. At Marksman Firearms and Outfitters, we make shopping for the hunter or recreational shooter in your family easy with locations in Mansfield, Wichita Falls, Granbury, and Colleen, Texas. Take advantage of our 90-day layaway, same as cash, so there's no need to hide gifts until the big morning. All year, we honor our military and first responders with a 10% discount on everything in the store. For rifles, pistols, shotguns, ammo, and optics, Marksman Firearms is your complete one-stop shop. MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. I'm Tom Watson with Bended Knee International, asking you to pray for the Navajo people of New Mexico and Arizona. The COVID-19 pandemic has hit these native people exceptionally hard. In many cases, multiple families live in the same home. Water is carried from muddy streams for household use, and medical care is many miles away. I simply ask that you join me in lifting them up to the Lord. To learn more, please visit BendedKnee.org. 
It's really exciting to see right now. Uh, one thing that's great about archery is anybody can do it. Men, women, or children, everybody can do this. Um, our lessons right now are fantastic. We see entire family groups come in, have a great time, and they're finding out that this is something that is a great pastime, great sport, and everybody can be successful. Americans are learning what a huge benefit it is to learn to hunt, learn to fish, learn to put safe and wholesome food on our tables. Cinnamon Creek Archery in Roanoke, Texas, has taught many thousands of families about the great sport of archery. People who thought they could just never do that now enjoy the range and harvesting their own wild game. You can't just sell somebody a bow and say, hey, good luck. You need to be able to take them aside, teach them the fundamentals, teach them how to shoot correctly so that they can be as successful as possible and really enjoy our sport. Visit CinnamonCreekRanch.com and discover the great knowledge and satisfaction that so many other families have found in archery. Winter at the lake is a wonderful thing. The still, quiet solace of the woods and water at Grapevine Lake offer the perfect opportunity to slow the season down a bit. Tucked away behind a secure gated entry and snuggled on the still shore of Grapevine Lake is the national award-winning Vineyards Campground and Cabins. Full hookups, lightning-fast Wi-Fi, and cable TV at every campsite and cabin keep you connected, even when you're getting away. The vineyard sites and fully furnished cabins are the perfect place to kick off the new year and enjoy the great outdoors. Our unique location makes you feel far away from the hustle and bustle when you're just a few blocks from historic downtown Grapevine, the Christmas capital of Texas, offering shops, restaurants, and all the sights and sounds of the season. Cozy cabins, spacious pull-through sites, and a camp store on site to provide whatever you need. Always keeping your health and safety a priority, come enjoy nature's original way to social distance. Come see us this winter. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com The Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo returns to Dallas in the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center this January. I'm Corey Mason, CEO at DSE, inviting you to join us for our 40th anniversary celebration January 6th through the 9th. The greatest celebration of science-based, factual conservation, conservation that works, will feature 1,800 booths and vendors from across America and around the world. They will be offering hunting and fishing opportunities, guns, gear, art, fashion, and jewelry. Numerous auctions, both live and silent, daily and open to online bidding from wherever you are. For convention hours, discounts, and information, visit biggame.org. Your ticket or auction purchase will go directly to the DSC mission of conservation, education, and advocacy on Capitol Hill. The DSC Convention and Expo is back. Come celebrate with us January 6th through the 9th in Dallas. Full details at biggame.org and kinderoutdoors.com. Glad you're back. We still have some big fish to fry here at Kinder Outdoors. Welcome back to Kinder Outdoors. You know, it's kind of funny, always has been to me. Fall, Thanksgiving, that's the most famous turkey time in existence. But it's spring when most of us go hunt them. If you've never enjoyed a fall turkey hunt, you really should. A couple of years ago, we had a conversation with the master, Ray I, about hunting turkeys in the fall. If there is a legal turkey season open anywhere, Ray I is more than likely in the woods, and that's exactly where you are today, uh, somewhere in the Ozarks, aren't you, Ray? Yeah, I'm in the Ozarks. It's Missouri's fall turkey season. It's open 
full month of October. Actually, uh, I wanted to go ahead and tell you guys that I've been hunting fall turkeys in Missouri since 1975 when I took my first fall gobbler with a, with a bow. So I've been doing this a while. Yeah, you have been, and, and this is your—that's your homeland. Uh, there's probably uh, not a sapling in, in those hills that you haven't passed by, leaned on, or camped next to uh, through the years. So, yeah. Pretty much so, really. <laughs> Trying to reach you is very difficult. It reminds me of the old Green Acres TV show when they had to climb a telephone pole uh, to make a phone call. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's, you have yeah, to find the top of a hill somewhere. Yeah, it gets pretty bad. It's, you would think of today's technology, you'd have cell service, but it's pretty uh, spotty down here in the Ozark. It's hard to get cell service. Uh, well, I appreciate you climbing the pole for me today. We're going to talk about hunting fall turkeys a little bit. Uh, a lot of guys overlook fall turkey season. They go once or twice in the spring, and then uh, they really miss a great opportunity uh, in the fall. Everybody's looking at those white-tailed deer, and they get fascinated by them, and rightfully so. But don't miss out on fall turkeys. It can be a cool hunt. Yeah, very much so. It is overlooked, and fall turkey hunting for me is real turkey hunting and real turkey calling, and it's different than the spring. And one thing I always like to tell turkey hunters, if you're a spring hunter, you should fall hunt, because if you fall turkey hunt and learn about the social structure and the pecking order of the wild turkeys and the different types of calls you use, I call more in the fall, you'll be a better spring turkey hunter. And what a great time. You can hunt all day in the fall. The woods is pretty, and it's just a great time to be out and just to hear a a flock of fall turkeys respond to a call and come in on a frosty morning. Nothing quite like it. Actually, for me, I prefer the fall turkey hunting over the spring. Wow. You said a couple of things there that piqued my interest. You said you'll actually call more in the fall than in the spring. Is that right? Absolutely. More vocalization in the fall. In the springtime, the spring season, turkey hunters are, are utilizing a, a very small window of opportunity when a hen calls to a gobbler, to a tom. And he responds to me. But that's just a small window. That's just a little time in the spring. The rest of the year, turkeys are normal, and they call to each other. So in the fall, I hunt fall gobblers, the big the big turkeys, the old turkeys. And hunt those, you don't sound like a hen. You sound like a gobbler. You do a, a gobbler yelp or jake yelp or purrs and clucks, and you challenge the gobbler in their pecking order. And I target fall gobblers, and that's my favorite turkey to hunt in the fall is the gobblers. And there's to me, there's nothing like it because – the calling is it challenges that turkey. They want to come in and fight or run you off, or you're a different voice. And it's so much uh, more involved with vocalization. You'll hear more vocalizations from hens, uh, all the turkeys in the fall, than you will in the spring. And you utilize those calls to call turkeys in the fall. How much will you use a kiki run in, in the fall? I, I've talked to a couple of guys before that have had some success with that. Well, I, it depends if, if I'm targeting small birds, young birds. If you're targeting hens and foals, I use a kiki quite a bit. Uh, the, the, the standard method, the age-old method of hunting fall turkeys is to find a flock and to scatter them. And when you scatter them, they kiki to recall, so you use a kiki. You can do that. But I only use scattering as a secondary method. To, to me, I've always told turkey, if you get close enough to scatter them, you ought to just shoot one. But uh, you can use the <laughs> kiki quite a bit on a scatter. But I, I just move and call. The fall season... Your, your key elements to kill fall turkeys to find, is to find the turkeys. Find the food source, find the turkeys. I roost in the fall. If you roost turkeys in the fall, get set up on them, that's when you're going to hear the vocalization. And then you challenge the pecking order. That old hen doesn't want another hen in there she doesn't know in, in her area and calling. And when you call the hen to hen and challenge a dominant hen, you're, you're challenging the pecking order. And she comes charging in and brings the rest of the flock with them. And you also just, just move and call. If you don't get birds roosted, you can just go and set up in a good area that you know 
and call and wait for turkeys to come in. And they'll, you'll hear them call, and you'll call the entire flock in. And I hunt entire areas like that. And if the habitat doesn't change, the woods doesn't change, I can go this turkey season right now to where I hunted 30 years ago and set in the same places and call turkeys. Wow. A lot of people think turkeys will only gobble in the spring, but I can remember vividly years ago sitting out on a, one of my favorite fishing holes uh, in October. It was a beautiful fall day, right. and there there were gobblers going crazy all around me, right? Yeah, the pecking order. Uh, that's Hunters, because they spring hunt, they don't understand what all goes on with the social structure of wild turkey. Turkeys gobble year-round, just with more intensity during the spring mating season sometimes. Sometimes in the fall, they'll gobble all the way to the fall. Actually, on my Facebook, just Ray I on Facebook, I have a fall hunt uh, posted of fall gobblers hunting with a flintlock, and you can watch some gobbling strut there. They gobble strut year-round, but they strut in, in the fall for dominance, not to attract hens for mating. Very good. And if we want to hear these vocalizations, we want to see you do it firsthand. Uh, it's all online. We can check your Facebook page. We yeah. can go to your website. Right. Right. I, I have... DVDs on my website all about fall turkey hunting. But if you want to hear it and see the turkeys reacting, it was a hunt that was on Midwest Outdoors Television, and it's on my Facebook page. Just go to Ray I on Facebook and, and click, and you'll see it there, and you can hear those calls. Sure, absolutely. What does that do to the turkeys when that big blast of cold air comes in? It doesn't have much effect on them. They're fine. You know, they live out there year-round. It has more effect on us as hunters because we've been coming through the through the summertime and it's pretty cold we've had some pretty it's cold here we got wind and cold and rain but it, it doesn't affect the turkeys much actually when it's cold like that on a still morning they're they're very very vocal on the roost awesome hey it's a great time of year to get out in the woods like you said it's beautiful it's comfortable yes. and the turkeys are active and man there's nothing uh, better in deer camp than that good fried turkey uh, in the evening oh love that fried turkey breast that's that's that, that's my favorite absolute favorite <laughs> You bet. Ray, always a pleasure to talk to you. Give us the web address one more time. RayEye.com is my web, and just go, just put RayEye in Facebook, and it'll pop right up. Gotcha. Ray, good hunting to you. Thank you. I appreciate it very much, and uh, good luck out there with everybody. Have a great fall. Turkey wisdom from Ray I, the master. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Fortiflora, America's number one canine probiotic. From one Ray to another, our old camp house storyteller, Ray Sasser. I'm a fall guy, always have been, and I guess I always will be. Here are six things I love about the fall. Number one, the sounds of migrating birds as they pass high, riding a north wind and following an evolutionary GPS for points south. The most audible are snow geese, yelping insanely like the ghosts of Quanah Parker's last band of wild Comanches. Sandhill cranes are a close second with their trilling calls it carries so far, you can barely see the giant birds against a blue sky swept clean by a cool wind. Number two, cold weather that's a tonic for the searing summer heat. I've always said that I'd never live anywhere but Texas. I've got to admit that the summer of 2011 gave me momentary second thoughts. The first north wind refreshed me, though, woke me up, and brought me back to my senses. Number three, a frosty morning in a deer blind. The tiny ice crystals momentarily reflecting like diamonds in the sun's first rays, then disappearing before you can even feel the subtle warmth that melted them. Number four, mist rising from the surface of a calm lake on a morning when the water is warmer than the air. It's best when a big old bass is wallowing to disrupt the glassy surface or a flock of green-winged teal 
suddenly appear from out of the mist and bank low over the decoys, flying in perfect formation like tiny jet airplanes. Number five, the adrenaline rush when a white-tailed buck unexpectedly steps out of the brush into a spot of early morning sunlight that looks like he's the leading man on a prickly stage of cactus and mesquite. In a way, he is. Remember that it only takes a few seconds for a deer hunt to go from really bad to really good. Number six, the crackle of a wood fire with good friends crowding in to warm first their backsides, then their front sides, like they're mucking cowboy toast. Some like it toastier than others, but they all have one thing in common. It's the memory of outdoor days gone by and the anticipation of those yet to come. Some of the most outstanding memories in Brendan's young life have been the hunting trips that he takes with Dad. Duck, doves, quail. But the good times aren't just reserved for the dove field or the deer blind. They all start in the cab of that classic Chevrolet when you pull out of the drive. Um, the corner store, you get a snack, and we either stop at Bucky's. Because it's Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun hiding from the cold with Dad in a duck blind, and the ice doesn't seem that bad out in that old flat-bottom boat for a little while. A decoy, he starts it up, and sometimes the decoys make noises, I think. Or if, it does, if that doesn't work, he just uses his call. And then they just come, but sometimes we come back with nothing. But home away from home is that classic Chevrolet. I love sleeping in the car and then waking up still in the car so I can just feel the comfort knowing that it will be fun. At Classic Chevrolet, we sell memory makers. Come get yours. ClassicChevrolet.com Santa Claus is coming to town, but when he's back home, he likes to crappie fish. I'm Mr. Crappie, Wally Marshall, and I've got great gift ideas for the crappie angler on your list this year. Let's start with a new rod like my speed shooter rods under 50 bucks. Pair that up with a Wally Marshall speed shooter reel, and you're going to make someone dang happy on Christmas morning. For the crappie angler that already has everything under the sun, I guarantee it they will welcome the new Wally Marshall Pro Target Rods in their boat. Hey, I'm pretty sure that's all Santa Claus uses. <laughs> I partnered with Luz, one of the finest rod bakers in history, to produce the Wally Marshall Classic Series, the most sensitive and hard-working crappie rods ever. Fill that stocking with Mr. Crappie by Strike King Baits, surefire fish catchers for 30 years, all of my proven colors along with five new ones. Lose.com, StrikeKing.com, and MrCroppy.com. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted in just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read, because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey, that's phony. This is, this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read The Tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. 
Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says, The tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. NorfolkResort.com For the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me. Heroes who charged in the battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore. Men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place. in the truck half the fun is just getting there kinder outdoors i'm always talking about the world-class bird hunting and axis deer hunting at joshua creek ranch with my friends joe and ann kershival down in the texas hill country but sometimes i forget to tell you to be sure and pack the fly rod you got the guadalupe river bordering the ranch and crystal clear spring-fed joshua creek running right through the middle of things there so Take the fly rod with you when you book your trip to Joshua Creek Ranch. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. You cannot have a conversation about the fly rod without including the great Lefty Cray. He's gone now. But back in 2011, he sat down on the porch with Robin and me. When did the fly rod enter uh, your life? 1947, uh, a fellow who later became the best-known fishing writer in the country called Joe Brooks. Yeah. I had come back from World War II, and I was—I uh, started working at the Biological Warfare Center. In fact, I was one of the three people that got anthrax, and uh, the other two got pulmonary anthrax and died. I got it on my arm. Anyway, uh, the reason I mention that is we were working shift work, so we'd work midnight to eight one week, eight to four the next, and four to twelve the next. And so, two weeks out of four, I was able to hunt and fish a right. good bit of each day. Right, and I got a reputation of being sort of a hot dog bass fisherman. This was all smallmouths in the rivers there, Potomac and other rivers. 
and a fellow called said his name was Joe Brooks and was writing for a little tiny newspaper in Baltimore and he came up uh, he later became extremely famous and my mentor really but um, we went down I had never seen anybody fly fish and we went just below Harper's Ferry on the Potomac and um, I carried a canoe down and he carried his equipment down and I went and got the rest when I got down there he had a bamboo rod and a fly line and I said Mr. Brooks I said if you don't have any other equipment with you I said I, I, this was before spinning right and I said I'll lend you one of my plug rods and uh, <laughs> he said what's the problem I said well it's kind of windy it was only about 12 mile an hour but I bear in mind I'd never seen a fly caster at that time nobody in central Maryland I knew even had a fly rod yeah. and uh a really a good fisherman, a local fisherman, rarely gets outfished by anybody in his local area. Sure. And he almost outfished me on my water. But what got me at lunchtime, uh, we finished eating. He got up on a rock, and we could see these fish making little rings on the water. And he had took this little white and black fly, and when the, the fish would make a ring, he'd throw out there and catch a bass. Another ring, catch another bass. He did this about ten times, and I said, i got to have some of this, you know, so... Yeah. The next day, I got in my Model A Ford and drove 50 miles to Baltimore, and they gave me my first cast of the lesson. <laughs> and that's where I got started on the whole thing. What was your first equipment? Oh, it was a, a green fiberglass rod that I would not want to cast with today. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. And what they called a GAF line, which would be like a nine-weight today. They had letters on them. They didn't even have numbers. And I'm not sure... I'm not sure I could cast well with a rod like that today. I the think equipment's you, really changed. Uh, I, uh, pardon me for saying so, but I believe you could cast well with a cedar post and a string. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, Revisiting part of our conversation with the great Lefty Cray this morning on Kinder Outdoors, brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch. Orbis and Beretta say that, hey, this is one of the finest wing shooting lodges you'll ever experience. I say that, too. <laughs> you will, too. Take a trip to Joshua Creek Ranch. Take the family on a world-class getaway. More from Lefty. Well, I fished a number of times with Carter, and I was supposed to fish three different times with, with the older bush. Uh -huh. And uh, twice he had to cancel, and once I had to cancel. But we yeah. did talk and meet and everything. In fact, I have a picture in my. he sent me in my uh, front room of him casting, and he's left-handed, too. Wow. And it, underneath, he wrote a nice thing about it, and then he wrote underneath there, please don't cast, criticize my casting style. <laughs> I thought he was a wonderful guy. I really did. Yeah. And Carter was, and and him and uh, actually he and uh, his wife Rosalind both very very nice people. Could they fish? Yeah. In fact, uh, you know, your wife is not impressed with you. <laughs> right. You know, she, she's just sitting on the toilet and everything else. Oh, she yeah. ain't impressed with you at all. <laughs> right. And three different times, Carter's group, when he was president, I only live an hour from Washington and an hour from Camp David, where's a trout stream. Uh -huh. Three different times they called and said, President Carter would like to fish with you. Well, I had talks to give her clinics, and I wasn't just going to say, well, the president called me, so I ain't going to do this because sure. they'd already advertised them. So three sure. times I couldn't go. When I got off the third time, my wife, who I've been married married to for almost 64 years and she's my best friend most of the time most of and, the time uh, <laughs> I told her once love was blind and marriage is an eye opener but anyway <laughs> <laughs> she told me love was a marriage of grand divorce is 500 grand so I <laughs> I've stayed for the 64 years but after I got off the phone the third time she says who was that 
And I said, it was President Carter's people. I said, what did they want? I said, they wanted, they wanted me to fish with them. And she looked me up and down like I had worms and said, why would the president want to fish with you? you know? <laughs> Wise ain't too impressed with us. <laughs> no, I don't know why they marry us and think we're the dumbest man on earth. I ain't never figured that out now, yet. We're in the same boat. I'm in the same boat right now with uh, with Lefty. I, I never thought I'd be in the same boat with you, but there we are. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Lefty Cray. On Kinder Outdoors. Hey, I had a conversation with a fellow named David Miller up in West Virginia a couple of years ago because he shot a monster buck, and he did it the hard way. David Miller, welcome to the show. It's sure good to have you. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. I know you're still on cloud nine because uh, not only did you kill a giant, a behemoth of a whitetail there in West Virginia, but uh, it's a deer that you've been watching and trying to get close to for a long, long time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was definitely a, a story of uh, perseverance and patience. And, yeah, I had I had, had my eye on this deer and uh, watched him grow to maturity uh, through the years and um, until that, that time was right for, uh, in order to go after him, yeah. Yeah, and you did that right, and, and it's the way you hunted this deer that made me say, man, I've got to talk to David about this because uh, – there was no luck to this. You you worked hard uh, all the way through the process. Let's tell folks about this deer first. 17 scorable points and rough scored at uh, just over 179 inches. That That is a giant white-tailed deer here in Texas. When somebody shoots a free-range 180, it's a big deal. Uh, and I'm assuming in West Virginia it's a big deal, too. Yes, it is. There's a special area here in West Virginia um that that has been bow hunting only for uh this is this will actually be the 40th anniversary of our four bow hunting counties uh and those areas really allow uh a lot of these a lot of these bucks to reach maturity and it's a really really special place to be able to come and bow hunt i grew up in these bow counties um uh, in logan county west virginia and uh we live we live adjacent to that now in another county but but i go back there now me and uh, me and my wife to uh to, to bow hunt. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah. It, is it an over-the-counter uh, tag there for a resident in West Virginia, or did you have to get drawn for this every year, or how's it work? No, it is an over-the-counter tag. You definitely can. Anybody can. Uh, you can just buy your, uh, I think, your general license for West Virginia uh, as a non-resident uh, or resident, and you can you can hunt these white tails. And you know, in the past couple of years, they're there have been a, a couple of large tracts of private land that have been picked up for the uh, for the elk restoration project, and uh, and those large tracts of land are are some really good public ground that allows people to come in from you know other states and be able to enjoy uh, pursuing these big mature whitetail. Yeah, hey, thank you, Teddy Roosevelt. Thank you, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Thank yeah, you, right on, uh, conservationists over the past 100 years that we still have these beautiful places growing these beautiful deer. Hey, that's David Miller up in West Virginia, a conversation that I had with him back in 2019 about this massive 179-inch, 17-scorable points whitetail that he hunted for a number of years. He waited, was diligent, and finally took the big guy. When we come back from the coffee pot, you'll hear exactly how it all transpired. It's a heck of a hunting story. If you enjoy a good hunt, you'll enjoy David's story when we come back. This is Wayne LaPierre, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. 
Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall. The Dead Rabbit Lodge. (laughs) You see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits. Therefore, the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Oahe. The view from your giant western Canada red cedar lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef, Oh and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the dead rabbit. Don't head to the country without stopping at Teske's Outdoors in Weatherford. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we are on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Begara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection too. Teskey's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the rancher lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader, deer blinds, feed, and feeders available, too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teskey's Outdoors on the south side of by 20, just west of Weatherford. Dove hunting in Argentina is well documented, but as my friends at JJ Caseria, Cordoba Doves will tell you, the duck hunting is unmatched anywhere in the world. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative for JJ Caseria. The duck lodge uh, is in Corrientes. We shoot 30 ducks in the morning and 10 per days in the afternoon. We have 11 different species of ducks. We have a duck season from the 15th of April to the 31st of August. You are assured before you ever leave American soil that you're going to feel welcome and at home when you hunt with your new friends at J.J. Casaria. Our lodge is beautiful. It's four years old. It has 10 double bedrooms, all with private baths, all heated and air-conditioned. Uh, it's very comfortable. We don't put on air, so you'll feel as relaxed in the lodge as you do in your living room. Hunt world-class doves and ducks in Argentina. Plan next year now by visiting CordobaDoves.com. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. 
can see me in Argentina. Drop time. Y'all go on inside with Kendra Outdoors. Hey, I got to say good luck to all of the pheasant hunters in Nebraska today. It is the season opener. Pheasant and quail open today in Nebraska. Nebraska does offer a great mixed bag opportunity. Long seasons, they really work hard to promote the upland hunting in Nebraska, uh, and they they want us out of staters to come see them. Over 1.2 million acres of public land, walk-in opportunities with the Public Access Atlas. You can learn where all of those places are. And if you'll bring a newbie with you, a new hunter, and send a photo of your adventure online, then you'll be entered to win the grand prize of the Take'em Hunting Challenge in Nebraska, which is a John Deere Gator, another little perk for hunting Nebraska. If you'd like to know more about that, then, of course, we have it for you at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, this corner of the camp house at Kinder Outdoors brought to you by my friends at Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country. I've got to get back on the books, get back down there, and hunt axis deer with them again. I absolutely love it. It's such a challenging hunt. It's a beautiful harvest. You'll thoroughly enjoy the meat. I, I believe it's better than beef. We eat a lot of axis in our home. The pelt, the mount, everything about the axis, starting with the hunt, is really special. It's a low-fence ranch with world-class axis. Joshua Creek. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. K-I-N-D-E-R. Let's get back to our conversation now with David Miller and his West Virginia white-tailed giant. Uh, I'm looking at a picture of you with your deer. Of course, you're grinning like a mule-eating cactus there. You're pretty happy in this picture. <laughs> And and I'm looking at your deer head on, and you think 17 points, and people get a visual of stuff just going everywhere. But this is a very typical, I'm a typical rack kind of guy. This is a gorgeous rack on this deer. Um, yeah. uh, very typical with 17 scorable points. Yeah, and traditionally, you know, those that when a buck starts to get older, you know, he'll keep that, like you said, that typical rack up until a certain point. And then, and, and I saw that through my trail cameras through the years. I got, uh, I got the first pictures of him that I could identify that I know that it was him in 2013 as a, he was a ten, young 10 point. And I thought, man, this deer's got potential. And he was really clean, um, all up until he's probably seven years old. And then I started seeing some kickers coming off. And then this year he was nine and a half. And man, he just, he, he, he grew. From last year to this year, probably 20 inches, and added on a couple more points, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is. I've got other properties that I I hunt, but I was I was being patient with this one, this property and this deer, and I knew that I knew that he wouldn't be harvested where he was at. Uh, this was actually on a lease, but I'll say this: in the past uh, 11 years, I've only taken two deer off of a lease property. The rest of them have been off of. Uh, public ground anybody could have uh anybody could have harvested on anybody could have hunted on and taken this uh this deer this magnificent animal well he's absolutely gorgeous uh you spotted him first i think you said in 2013 you've been watching yes. him all these years and uh you've been using trail cameras and kind of patterning him and it, I, I thought it was really interesting that uh 
you moved a camera earlier this year because you suspected he <laughs> might be somewhere else. Did you get a little closer to his bedding area? What did you do? Oh, that's that's my favorite part probably of the of the story and the as far as the pursuit goes. Um, you know, I had these trail cameras. The way that it works in here in Appalachia through our mountains, what'll happen usually is those bucks uh, during the hot heat of the summer they'll stay down in the cool valleys on the north facing slopes where it's cooler, and then they'll what the, will happen as the rut approaches, they'll move up onto the ridges because they can cover more surface area up on those ridges going going through saddles in the mountains and going along ridges that cover a lot more ground uh checking for does so i had my cameras out in my traditional areas where i'd picked him up in the past and seen other bucks and not only was i not seeing him i wasn't seeing any deer and we had went through a drought of about 60 days straight with no rain and I thought to myself, man, that's had to have pushed these deer way down in the valleys and in the belly of these hollows. So I thought, I need to move my cameras off these ridges because I'm not seeing them down low. And not only was I not seeing them, but a bunch of other my buddies uh, that we had talked back and forth about this, they weren't seeing them up high where they traditionally had seen them either. So I moved a few cameras down the middle of the mountain, and I picked him up on one camera, and I thought, oh, so that's why they're not up high. They're they're still down low, in the, probably in the oaks because the, uh, there's a lot of acorns very plentiful this year. So I decided I thought, well, if I'm not getting him up high, and I've only got one picture of him middle of the mountain. I'm going to go on this one point where I got him middle of the mountain, and I'm going to go off that point into the hollow and put another camera. Well, when I did that, I started getting a ton of pictures of him. And several other good bucks, and I, I, I immediately I thought to myself, well, I found him. So two days later, I went back and went up and checked that camera early before I hunted. Saw that he had already been through there, so I backtracked. Yeah, you checked down. that camera at five in the morning and, and noticed yeah. that he had been there at two thirty, just a couple of hours earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, yeah, and I, I noted the direction he was going. So I thought. I'm going to backtrack back down to the bottom of the creek bed. It's actually an old railroad grade down there. And I followed that old railroad grade down four drains. I think it's four drains. Um, and, and popped up on another point going in the direction that he was. And no kidding. About an hour after daylight, here come a really nice nine point, 145 inches or so. And But I knew the big one was in there, so I was being patient. Well, he passed through. And about an hour after that big nine point, that nice nine point passed through, uh, here he came. He came in checking a scrape and, uh, presented about an 18 yard shot. And, uh, I was able to put a good shot on him and he, he went about 200 yards and, uh, and we found him. Wow. What a great hunt, man. You, you did your work. You put your time in and you hunted this deer for six years and it paid off for you. I'm sure, uh, that when you took the, the the shot you were just steady as an oak but i bet you two oh, minutes yeah. oh yeah i bet two minutes later you were shaking like a puppy passing a peach seed <laughs> i love that but honestly that is the truth during the moment of the shot yeah pretty pretty focused and, and pretty cool as a cucumber but yeah as soon as you touched off that uh that trigger release of my bow 
uh, oh my gosh, I just yeah, you fall apart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. Well, the the Lord gives us great blessings uh, from time to time, and certainly this is a monumental uh, blessing in your hunting career and and in your life. You've, you've pursued this great animal for so long, and uh, now you're going to enjoy him on the table and probably up yeah. on the the wall with a great memory for the rest of your life. Absolutely, and you know, I think that you know, uh, I, I believe in what you just said. You know, you said that that the Lord provides these things, and you know, uh, to to whom much is given, much is required. And, you know, through the through the thankfulness of the provision of the meat we have, and uh, thankfulness for the for the hunt and the memories, uh, I give I give all the all the glory and all the credit to Him because He He does make it possible for us to go out and uh, and enjoy His creation. And and you know out there we get more than the hunt, we get a we get an atmosphere and we get a venue to be able to go out in and to reflect and f- regain focus in our lives and find ourselves and 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 while we're out there in our pursuits we we get to reconnect with Him. Absolutely, we do. If you ever want to get closer to God, go sit by yourself in deer blind somewhere and watch the sun oh, come up and amen. and and look at His creation. Hey, David, again, congratulations. We're just so proud of you and, and, and a little bit jealous, but, uh, you know, we're, we're just, we're just going to be happy for you and, and really uh, appreciate the time. Thank you, guys. Great to be on the show with you guys. I really appreciate it. David Miller, when he is in his later years, can sit and look at that big giant on the wall and tell his grandkids and great-grandkids how Paul Paul did it right, worked hard, climbed the hill set a great example for him, and how the good Lord was with him every step of the way. Hey, let's take a little break, grab a cup of coffee. Screen that porch in just for you. Glad you enjoy it. You're in camp with Kinder Outdoors. Welcome back. I'm sure glad you're part of our campfire. Each week here at Kinder Outdoors, drop by the website, K-I-N-D-E-R, kinderoutdoors.com for anything you heard on the show or maybe you'd like to go back and catch an old show, podcast. They're all available for you. This corner of the camp house at Kinder Outdoors brought to you by Purina Pro Plan, the world's greatest dog fuel I know. That's what we have fed our lovable lap dogs and hardworking bird dogs for decades. Pick up the formula that's right for your dog at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Do you remember getting out that old shoebox with your grandmother or grandfather and looking through those old photographs, family memories, friends over the years? Well, that's kind of what we're doing on the show today, except instead of that shoebox full of pictures, we're listening to different conversations that have taken place through the years with Kinder Outdoors. And one of the guys that I've always enjoyed visiting with most and hunting with is a game warden friend of mine, Steve Stapleton. Now, Steve is just full of wisdom. (laughs) And we've had the occasion to work together several different times on one particular panel that was addressing Operation Game Thief and International Wildlife Crime Stoppers. We were joined by wardens from the state of Texas, including Captain Steve Stapleton, and also uh, the guys from Northwoods Law TV. Remember the guys in Maine? Yep, they were there too. 
And we were talking about Operation Game Thief when Captain Steve revealed this very enlightening and entertaining Operation Game Thief story. So, so in our part of the woods, we operate on OGT, and we get these calls constantly, and they come in from people like you, and it's constant. My phone goes off all the time, and you can't make this stuff up. When we're out chasing poachers, they come in all shapes and all sizes. 99% of the people we look for are straight up, and they're great people. We're hunting that 1% is who we're looking for. That 1% is what makes these guys smile in Maine. Am I lying? That 1% is what makes these guys smile, okay? That 1%. And that 1% comes in all shapes and sizes. Case in point, I get a call, cowboy. I get a call from a kid about like you, OGT. He has been watching a monster deer all year. He's been feeding this deer. He's got pictures of this deer. He's been babying this deer. He's named this deer. And then somebody comes along and shoots this deer at night. And he calls that 1-800-GAME-THIEF number. And you know who shot that deer? His grandma. Oh, no. And he turned his grandma in. No. And got a cash award for it. <laughs> More from Captain Steve Stapleton with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department coming up a little later. Another great one that has been a part of this show in years past, and he's gone now. World record holder in shotgun, Tom Knapp. Tom, what's the best advice you can give our shooters who don't get out as often as they uh, should, probably? If you're going out in a field and, like many people, they, they only uh, get the opportunity once or twice each year, uh, the very, very best advice I could give everybody is to please, please pay attention to field hand, uh, gun handling safety, safety in the field. Muzzle direction is the most important part of safety when it comes to handling rifles, pistols, or shotguns, or anything that throws a projectile. If, if you forget to put your safety back in the safe position, if the gun does ever accidentally discharge, muzzle direction, it has to be safe, and don't let anybody tell you it's safe when it's pointing at the ground, because hard ground will ricochet stuff back up at you. Safe is up. At least you have a chance of that uh, projectile falling down somewhere uh, where it isn't going to hurt anybody. Uh, the other thing is, is you want to be able to hit your targets. You gotta really do yourself a favor and get out to a sporting clays range. Find a station on the sporting clays range that simulates uh, dove flights and passing birds. There's every course has them. Who first put a shotgun in your hands? Well, Herb Parsons actually conned me in just by watching his uh, video. I never met the man, but by watching that film on TV, I took a, a number 25 Daisy BB gun, and um, much more powerful than a Daisy Red Rider, and I was out in the driveway all winter long getting frostbit fingers, throwing stuff up in the air and shooting at him. <laughs> so that break-action 20-gauge Stevens, my dad bought that for me, and he was a wing shooter. And um, he trained me in safety first, and then we had a good time hunting. Yeah, excellent. And, boy, it lasts a lifetime, doesn't it? It certainly does. And believe me, uh, now that my grandkids are 12 and 14, whether you have grandkids at home, whether you have your own kids at home, 
even if you have neighbor kids and you can talk the parents into getting those kids out to a sporting clays course, get them onto a youth group program, and the Boy Scouts, the 4-H, FFA, they all have programs to get out in the field and enjoy our shooting sports. And it's safety, responsibility, and good sportsmanship, and you've got another person hooked on the outdoor sport of shooting. Tom Knapp, he held multiple world records as a trick shooter. He taught many thousands shotgun safety and made a better shot out of them, too. If you were fortunate enough to spend time with Tom in one of his Argentina Dove camps, you are truly blessed. Thanks to my friends at Purina Pro Plan for so many great formulas, even if your dog has special conditions like an itchy coat or an intolerance to grain. There's a ProPlan formula for your dog, and it's at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. ProPlan. Hi, this is Taylor Ramey with University of South Alabama Bass Fishing Team. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. And Brett Favre is my neighbor. <laughs> Roy Holdridge and True Life Taxidermy in Granbury, Texas are award-winning artists many times over and for several reasons. God-given talent is the starting point, followed by a work ethic that won't allow second best. Roy is also a lifelong and well-traveled hunter. He spent countless hours in the field glassing and studying wildlife around the globe. When you trust your rare and timeless memory to True Life Taxidermy Granbury, be assured that you're working with the very best in the business. My home is a testament to Roy's work at True Life Taxidermy. The pheasants, the whitetails, the axis, the fish, all perfectly preserved. True Life Granberry is the only stop you need to make after the hunt, offering not only world-class taxidermy, but wild game processing too. Headed for Africa, New Zealand, Colorado, Montana, or any place else? No problem. True Life is well-versed in import and transport state to state or around the globe. You can trust True Life Taxidermy, truelifetaxidermy.org. The Dallas Safari Club Convention and Expo returns to Dallas and the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center this January. I'm Corey Mason, CEO at DSE, inviting you to join us for our 40th anniversary celebration January 6th through the 9th. The greatest celebration of science-based, factual conservation, conservation that works, will feature 1,800 booths and vendors from across America and around the world. They will be offering hunting and fishing opportunities, guns, gear, art, fashion, and jewelry. Numerous auctions, both live and silent, daily and open to online bidding from wherever you are. For convention hours, discounts, and information, visit biggame.org. Your ticket or auction purchase will go directly to the DSC mission of conservation, education, and advocacy on Capitol Hill. The DSC Convention and Expo is back. Come celebrate with us January 6th through the 9th in Dallas. Full details at biggame.org and kinderoutdoors.com. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, 
Small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom, so your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. There's a place I love to go in the pristine Texas Hill Country that features first-class lodging, outstanding cuisine, world-class wing shooting, the best free-range access deer hunting in the world, my favorite, by the way, plus native whitetails and turkey, and some of the most comfortable hosts that you've ever enjoyed. Don't forget to throw in the fly rod. You'll want to experience the crystal clear waters of Joshua Creek and the Guadalupe River. Rolling hills and Texas live oaks, friendly smiles, and spring-fed waters. Orvis and Beretta agree that Joshua Creek is one of the finest hunting and shooting ranches in existence. And I think you will, too. You won't find a prettier place to get married. And our staff and facilities will make your corporate event, family reunion, or private party turnkey and the best you'll ever experience. Joshua Creek Ranch in the historic Texas Hill Country between San Antonio and Fredericksburg. Want to go? Of course you do. JoshuaCreek.com You're in good conservation company with Kinder Outdoors. Hey, I'm going to make a recommendation to you. I want you to go online and take a look at this, too. Joshua Creek Ranch. Call them and tell them you want to book the treehouse for your family, for your big group. (laughs) The treehouse sits on a bluff overlooking the Guadalupe River in the very back of the property at this gorgeous Texas Hill Country Ranch. I had my coffee every morning while listening to roosted turkeys making up their mind to come down out of that tree and start their day. Not bad, huh? Because from there, I went just down the dirt road out in front of the house and hunted world-class free-range axis deer. And I haven't even gotten to the bird hunting yet. That's what they're known for. (laughs) Check it out. Joshua Creek Ranch. Learn more about them. Book your next trip. Get a membership. KinderOutdoors.com. K-I-N-D-E-R. Hey, I'm betting that you probably have some Primos products in your hunting arsenal, including their foundational product, Turkey Calls. Where did this all begin? Well, I had a conversation with Will Primos himself a few years back. Enjoy. Let's talk about your product a little bit. Do you remember the very first call that you ever designed or came up with? What was that? Well, I actually had been given a call by a lady who was making calls. Her name was Eleanor Wrestler. And she made calls. She, her, her family had a turkey hunting heritage up on the Mississippi River on an island called Jackson Point. And um, she gave me this call, and I was a hunter and loved it, you know. And, and the turkey call just was too big for my mouth. And I realized everybody's mouth's different. So I kind of dis- dissected that call, got my own ideas, and started making calls. When was that? Well, that was probably 75 or 6. You weren't even born yet, so I know you're lying. <laughs> I was born in 1952, March the 2nd, 1952. So I, I carry my age well. Some people don't realize I'm, I'm as old as I am. Yes, you do. Well, hunting and fishing, the outdoors, just, just being outdoors, it's in your blood from birth, isn't it? It is. Uh, my daddy says, where did that come from? All, my uncles and all my they all hunted just religiously almost. My daddy worked more than he hunted. He liked to squirrel hunt and small game hunt, rabbit hunt, and do just a little bit of dove shooting. But 
I'm going to tell you what. It was almost my refuge. When I got home from school, I had my BB gun, and I, we lived on 50 acres, and I was roaming that place, and nothing was safe. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I grew up the same way. The business of calling turkeys, calling animals, uh, boy, has it exploded over the years. And the technology, my goodness. Uh, I got out of turkey hunting a few years. I still had a few of my old diaphragm calls that, were, that hadn't disintegrated yet. and I got them out, and boy, it was like trying to make noise out of a cedar post. So I ran down to Bass Pro and I bought some brand new uh, three set of Primos just to get back into this a couple of years ago. Wow, it's gotten a lot easier to make one of those work. Well, they, they, they're shaped different. They have better materials that they're made from. And we've also been able to really kind of figure out what it is somebody's supposed to be doing. Yeah. As you teach yourself, you really don't know what you're doing, but you finally do it and make the right sound. Now, then how do you communicate that to somebody? And we've done well with our Mastering the Art series teaching people how to use the product. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I got into business in 76, it was a hobby. I didn't know exactly where I was going with it, and but I... I ended up just having a blast going to shows and selling the calls, and one thing led to another, and we went into all categories of game animals, and now we've got over 650 products. So it's been quite an adventure being in this business for, what now, 35 years. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it's just so much fun. I, I know you can call elk, you can, you can talk to other animals, but there's nothing in this world more fun than talking to a turkey. You know what? It's just the, every guy's sport because Everybody has got a friend that's got 20 acres or 100 acres or there's public ground that support turkey populations. And to be, a go out, be able to go out there in the springtime, it's not too cold, not too hot. Yeah. Life's coming back to life. Yeah. The little green leaves are shooting out. The birds are singing. They're going through their spring mating rituals. And it's just a wonderful time to relax and try to let some of this cell phone, laptop, computer-infested world we live in, sit on the side for a little while. Absolutely. What's coming up for the folks at Primos, the Primos team? What's new and exciting this year that you're proud of? Well, we've got a lot of things that we're proud of. Probably the biggest thing is our line of game cameras. As we got into the game camera business, we, we use game cameras religiously. So as a group, the Primos team was going, you know, this makes sense. And we don't like what, what we're able to buy. It's too complicated. We're Some of us are from the non-computer age, and we wanted something that was simple to use. So we've got some new cameras that take that even a little bit further, make it a little bit more simple than they were, even though they were real simple, but even with more features. So we're proud of that line, as well as our Swamp Donkey line of deer supplements. Yeah. Uh, can you remember the first turkey you ever called in and shot? That's, that's going way back. You've, you've shot a lot of birds through the years. You know, I can. And really? I, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, you know, back then, it was an opportunistic thing. You, you saw one, you shot him. But when we really started understanding turkey calling and got out there and did it, I remember... I stood there. I was told where to go. I was on my own. Nobody took me. I'd studied everything I could get my hands on. My favorite book at the time was The Tenth Legion by Tom Kelly. And it wasn't a how-to book, but it was the, 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 the whole emotional event that is what a turkey hunter is. He's by himself. He's one-on-one. -on -one, he sits down. That turkey gobbled. I sat down. I took that call out, and my hands were shaking so bad, it was, it was a lynch box call and made by Alan Jenkins. That, and he used to be made in Birmingham, Alabama, but he had bought the business and moved it to South Mississippi. And uh, I had one of Alan's uh, lynch box calls at that time. But I got that call out, and I couldn't do anything but purr. 
But evidently, that was what that turkey wanted to hear. <laughs> and you shot him right in the face. I so did. <laughs> the end. Well, I tell you, Will, it's a pleasure to uh, be able to visit with you. Congratulations. You uh, you started with a hobby and ended up with an empire. This is just, oh. it's fun to watch. It's mighty nice compliment. I don't know about that, but it's been some wonderful people to be involved with. Met some fantastic people over the years. And it's just great to have had such great associations. I've heard it said from uh, a great many people that when you make your hobby your work, your ho- you don't want to do your hobby anymore. That's not true with you. Um, there, there are moments of that where, where the work never stops, that the life never ends, that you need a break from just some of, the, some of that. Um, so I believe, I believe this interview from this point would probably be best explained by my wife, Mary, because <laughs> we've had those conversations. But, yeah. you know, it is my life's work. But I love the people. I love what we do. I love representing the sport. I love doing it the way I think is right the purest, traditional way. I love protecting the hunting heritage. All the conservation organizations, National Wild Turkey Federation, they do such a great job of giving us the opportunity to really expand what we love so much. Yeah. Well, let's go hunting in our minds real quick. Springtime's coming. Where are you going? Woo! Well, I look forward to going right there next to the house, right there, right just not far at all, uh, maybe 10 minutes down the road. Uh-huh. And I, I, I look forward to sitting down and probably that first morning, I'm just going to sit and listen. I'm going to sit and listen to them do their deal, figure out which way they're going, how much they're gobbling, and I'm going to go back with a plan. (laughs) I know you will. Well, thank you so much. What a gentleman, and uh, I sure enjoy your products. Thank you for having me on your program. I appreciate it. Hey, that's Will Primos, founder of Primos Outdoor Products, hunting products. You probably got a few, and the history of his company. Pretty interesting. I want to say thanks to Joe and Ann Kirchival, Joshua Creek Ranch, northwest of San Antonio. They've been friends of mine for about a dozen years or so now. I've hunted at their place, had dinner with them, stayed in their beautiful lodges, and it's always a sad moment when I have to drive away. I love that place, and you will too. They're selling memberships now on different levels. That beautiful place, all those great facilities, that tremendous hunting, the fly fishing, it can all be yours and your family's. A needed escape in this day and age. Learn more about Joshua Creek Ranch when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, we're going to take a little break, grab a fresh cup of coffee, but you're going to hear again from Captain Steve Stapleton with uh, our Texas Game Wardens. Lone Star Law, you've probably seen him on Lone Star Law a time or two or ten. (laughs) He... uh, has a great talent for recalling detail and telling stories. And he tells a story about the night he was traveling down the road and something flew from the back of a pickup and hit his truck. We'll get to it when we come back from the coffee pot. Hey guys, I'm Corey Cruz, two-time national sporting place champion and five-time Texas state sporting place champion. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Don't head to the country without stopping at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we are on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Megara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection too. 
Teskies Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the Rancher Lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader. Deer blinds, feed, and feeders available, too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teskey's Outdoors on the south side of I-20, just west of Weatherford. U.S. Highway 287 carries elk hunters and fly fishers. Snow skiers and bird dog chasers, 72-ounce steak eaters, varied Cadillac picture takers, antelopers, prairie doggers, and rattlesnakers. The Herdware Store sits on Highway 287 near Goodnight, Texas. Now, only 18 people live around here, so to keep the lights turned on, we need you 287 travelers to stop by. Come in out of the weather and take a look at the most unique store between the Gulf and Pacific coasts. One-of-a-kind artwork, jewelry, knives, and more. Feel the luxurious softness and warmth of bison socks, gloves, hats, beanies, blankets, and scarves. You'll think it's cashmere, and it's warmer than wool. Our sister company, Buffalo Wool, produces the finest bison products on the planet. The herdware store is boots and shoes, bison blankets and throws, even bison meats for the road. The herdware store, 42 miles southeast of Amarillo. Hey, drop by right now at herdware.net. Santa Claus is coming to town, but when he's back home, he likes to crappie fish. I'm Mr. Crappie, Wally Marshall, and I've got great gift ideas for the crappie angler on your list this year. Let's start with a new rod like my speed shooter rods under 50 bucks. Pair that up with a Wally Marshall speed shooter reel, and you're going to make someone dang happy on Christmas morning. For the crappie angler that already has everything under the sun, I guarantee it they will welcome the new Wally Marshall Pro Target rods in their boat. Hey, I'm pretty sure that's all Santa Claus uses. <laughs> I partnered with Luz, one of the finest rod bakers in history, to produce the Wally Marshall Classic Series, the most sensitive and hard-working crappie rods ever. Fill that stocking with Mr. Crappie by Strike King Baits, surefire fish catchers for 30 years, all of my proven colors along with five new ones. Lose.com, StrikeKing.com, and MrCroppy.com. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. It is the dream of the animal rights fanatics to suppress your most natural connection to the earth. To sell you a life filled with urban fascinations. To ignore the death 
is life's unwavering partner. Together, creating a relationship between predator and prey that makes it possible for us all to survive. To the hunter, this world's most honest steward, these fantasies are the poisonous, perverted manipulations of social misfits who would take this planet hostage. They should startle you and awaken you to trust the hunter in your blood. kids along. This is where heritage is guarded just for them. Kinder Outdoors. This corner of the Cap House brought to you by my friends at Purina Pro Plan. If you'll check the records at Westminster, you know the name of that dog show, right? Westminster, probably the most well-known and one of the most prestigious dog shows on planet Earth. Check the records. You'll see that oh, about a dozen of the last dozen or so grand champions, overall champions, are fed Purina Pro Plan. Make the switch to Pro Plan, the formula that best fits your dog. You're going to see, visibly see, a healthier dog in just a few weeks. I've seen it too many times. Pick up the Pro Plan at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. I love to hear the story when Captain Steve Stapleton with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department tells it of the night he came across some apple chunkers. <laughs> Steve, you think you could bless us with a good story? Um, you're always, seems to me like, the highest percentage of really out there customers that you handle as a department come to you. Like they say, nope, this one's for Steve. Don't arrest him. He'll catch up with them. You get a lot of those. So I'm from Van Zandt County, okay? Bless your heart. Okay, right, yeah, that's uh, where, you, where What part of Van Zandt County are you from? Edom, the beautiful part of Van Zandt County. Okay, so I'm going to tell a story, and this is mainly for the main guys, because I've noticed something from hanging out with you guys. If you watch TV, if you're in the line of work that we're in, it's depressing. It, it, it almost is enough to just take away your soul. And you think, are there any parents left out there anymore that are any good? And I'm going to tell you a story about one parent. What's your name, young lady? What'd she say? Tisa. That's not even a name, is it? Tisa. That's a car. That's it. Tisa. Tisa, it's 3 in the morning. Nothing good happens in Van Zandt County after midnight. I'm coming home from Wills Point, Texas, all right? And I'm on a desolate road, and I'm driving, and I'm tired, and I pass a pickup truck. And as I pass, we go door to door. Something comes out of this pickup truck and arcs and slams into the front of my vehicle. And I'm like, what was It takes me a little while. I'm like, what was They just threw something in my vehicle. And I live out your fantasy. I turn around and light them up and chase them down. Now, we get trained to control our emotions, right? At that point, I did not control my emotions. I chased this vehicle down, Tisa, and I pull them over. And I walk up to the window. Here's your stop you're talking about, right? And I walk, and I'm mad. 
I'd be mad, Steve. Because I get to think, wherever they threw, they could kill somebody. I am a captain yeah. with the Texas Game Warden. Well, not only that, they have thrown something at my truck. I'm a captain That's with the Texas That's going to be paperwork, government paperwork. I walk up to the cab. I lean in the cab, and I look inside the cab, and you know what I see? What? Two cute high school girls. Yeah. And I look at the one, I'm like, hey, I, Texas Game Warden, I think, I know, you just threw something at my vehicle. And you know what the girl does? Cute girl. She grabs hold of the steering wheel and won't look at me, and she does this. Guys, tell me if you've seen this. <laughs> yeah, that's all I need. Why don't you both of you go ahead and step out of the vehicle? So I tell them, step out of the vehicle. Flashlight and weapon hand, right? Or in my, my off hand. And I turn around and I shine my flashlight in the bed of this truck. And that's when I see him. Laid in the bed of the truck, trying to be invisible. You know what it is? Two, careful. Two punk high school boys laying in the bed of the truck. And they are surrounded, because nothing is normal in Van Zandt County. They are surrounded by... Apples, little green apples, and they have been driving around all night long throwing little green apples at vehicles. And I'll be dang, they done pick the wrong vehicle to throw a little green apple at. And then I freaking lose it, and I get them all out, and you know, you line them up, and I line them up, and I start laying into them. And I'm looking for the ringleader, and I find him. You know these kids? I don't see one in here. You're wearing a cowboy hat. Good for you. Here's one. These kids wear those flat brim hats like that, but not, not flat, flat, and it's turned like this. That's what I'm looking for. And I walk right up to him, and I'm like, hey, man, did you throw an apple in my truck? And this is what he does. Uh-huh. Maybe. Maybe. Why did you throw an apple in my truck? And he says, uh-huh. We run out of eggs. You run out of eggs. Well, guess what? And I lose it. Well, by this time, nothing happens over there. DPS shows up. The constable's office shows up. <laughs> Wills Point PD shows up. Van Zandt County shows up. C.B. Wiley shows up. Everybody shows up. Because there's nothing going on. And I've attracted a crowd, and they're taking it in because I am having a come-to-Jesus meeting. Have you cooled off any by now, Steve? Will? No, it's worse. It's worse. And I'm telling them, I'll be dang if I'm going to drive around and you're going to throw little green apples at my truck because you run out of it. And I walk back over to the kid, and I said, tell you what, hot shot. What's your name? And I get my ticket book out. And he says, Oh, Doe, you ain't going to write me a ticket, are you? And I say, Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I say, I'll tell you one better than that. I'll tell you one better than that. What's your parents' name? And he starts crying like the girl did. Uh-uh. I can't wait to find out how much it costs to throw apples at 3 a.m. in Van Zandt, Texas. Tell you what, Hotshot, tell me your mom's name. Oh, dude, you're not going to call my mom. That's exactly who I'm going to call. And y'all like this, right? Because, yeah, yeah, we like it. So I make that three in the morning phone call to mom. On the second ring, she answers, and she's real cool. She says, hello. And I say, Miss Parker, this is Steve Stapleton. And I'm in possession of Willie down here, and he's made a bad life decision. He's throwing an apple at my truck, and she's real cool. She says, I see. I'll be right there.
Whoa, that was good. You know, so I go back to riding the ticket. I'm talking to the troopers, having a good time, and I'm talking to the biggest, meanest trooper. And I was like, you believe this? And all of a sudden, he looks past me, and his eyes kind of run cold, and he says, man, i got to go. And he leaves. I'm like, where are you going? And I look across the parking lot, and Miss Parker has shown up in Wills Point, Texas. And she is standing outside the minivan, and she is holding the belt. And I run to her, and I'm like, no, Miss Parker, now hang on. (laughs) I completely condone what you're fixing to do here, but this may be best left to your private residence. And she says, no, if it's all the same to you, I'm fixing to take care of this right now. And I was like, okay, well, let me get back to my truck. And before I could get back to my truck, she caught Willie at that truck. And I'm here to tell you, in Dallas, Texas, this afternoon, she beat him through that truck with that belt. And the bad thing is, is I watched it, and I liked it (laughs) a lot. Captain Steve, Steve Stapleton with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. And hey, if you're not a fan of Lone Star Law TV, it's only because you haven't seen the show. Check it out. You'll find it online and in lots of places. In case you missed it last hour, it's a great story. David Miller up in West Virginia a couple of years ago shot a giant buck. It's a great hunting story. We're going to relive that again when we come back from the coffee pot. But we do have time for a quick duck recipe. Master Chef John Bonnell. Duck is a wonderful meat, but you got to be careful. Most guys just breast them out, and you end up with a really thick piece of breast meat. It's hard to cook that through to the middle without really drying up the outside. So cut that piece of meat thin. Start by taking your knife and running it horizontally through the meat. Cut the thickness down on on that duck breast in half. Give it a little marinade. I I like to use a little bit of soy, a little bit of red wine, some garlic and olive oil. Let that sit for an hour or so. Get a pan, a fire, a grill, whatever you're cooking over, extremely hot first. Cook it lightly on both sides on very high temperature, medium rare, and you got something you can work with. I like to I like to take that meat and eat it just you know by itself, or you can uh, slice it afterwards and do something like a quesadilla for you know folks who want to you know. Thin it down a little bit, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a real rich meat, so a little bit goes a long way. Hi, I'm Mike Checkett with Ducks Unlimited, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. At Marksman Firearms and Outfitters, we make shopping for the hunter or recreational shooter in your family easy. With locations in Mansfield, Wichita Falls, Granbury, and Colleen, Texas. Take advantage of our 90-day layaway, same as cash, so there's no need to hide gifts until the big morning. All year, we honor our military and first responders with a 10% discount on everything in the store. For rifles, pistols, shotguns, ammo, and optics, Marksman Firearms is your complete one-stop shop. MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall. The Dead Rabbit Lodge. (laughs) You see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits. Therefore, the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Owyhee. The view from your giant Western Canada Red Cedar Lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom. 
perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef, oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the Dead Rabbit. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. If you offer goods or services to the outdoorsman or woman, Kinder Outdoors is the perfect place to spread the word. At Kinder Outdoors, we reach tens of thousands of hunters, anglers, and outdoors folks each week that would appreciate hearing about you. For more information, visit kinderoutdoors.com and click the Advertise button. Then, view our media kit. Outdoor gear and skills are in high demand right now. Let us hear from you. Winter at the lake is a wonderful thing. The still, quiet solace of the woods and water at Grapevine Lake offer the perfect opportunity to slow the season down a bit. Tucked away behind a secure gated entry and snuggled on the still shore of Grapevine Lake is the national award-winning Vineyards Campground and Cabins. Full hookups, lightning-fast Wi-Fi, and cable TV at every campsite and cabin keep you connected, even when you're getting away. The vineyard sites and fully furnished cabins are the perfect place to kick off the new year and enjoy the great outdoors. Our unique location makes you feel far away from the hustle and bustle when you're just a few blocks from historic downtown Grapevine, the Christmas capital of Texas, offering shops, restaurants, and all the sights and sounds of the season. Cozy cabins, spacious pull-through sites, and a camp store on site to provide whatever you need. Always keeping your health and safety a priority, come enjoy nature's original way to social distance. Come see us this winter. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled but we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids. And in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures' young lives changed. Kids that just were not in the school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of Outdoor Adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics, and they smile while learning. If you want Outdoor Adventures in your local school, Contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com. Watch that old bird dog out of that chair and have a seat. You're in camp with us at Kinder Outdoors. Brought to you by Beretta and Orvis endorsed Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country. World-class wing shooting. Fine bird dogs. Five-star everything. Check them out when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. And that's K-I-N-D-E-R. In case you missed it an hour ago, it's a great story. David Miller and his 17-point West Virginia buck. David Miller, welcome to the show. It's sure good to have you. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. I know you're still on cloud nine because uh, not only did you kill a giant, a behemoth of a whitetail there in West Virginia, but uh, it's a deer that you've been watching and trying to get close to for a long, long time, isn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it was definitely a, a story of uh, perseverance and patience. And yeah, I had I had had my eye on this deer and uh, watched him grow to maturity uh, through the years, and um, until that the time was right for, uh, in order to go after him. Yeah, yeah, and you did that right, and and it's the way you hunted this deer that made me say, man, I've got to talk to David about this because uh, there was no luck to this. You you worked hard uh, all the way through the process. Uh, I'm looking at a picture of you with your deer. Of course, you're grinning like a mule-eating cactus there. You're pretty happy in this picture. And, and and I'm looking at your deer head on, and you think 17 points, and people get a visual of stuff just going everywhere. But this is a very typical – I'm a typical rack kind of guy. This is a gorgeous rack on this deer. Um, yeah. Uh, very typical with 17 scorable points. Yeah. And traditionally, you know, those that when a buck starts to get older, you know, he'll keep that, like you said, that typical rack up until a certain point. And then, and, and I saw that through my trail cameras through the years. I got, uh, I got the first pictures of him that I could identify that I know that it was him in 2013 as a, he was a ten, young 10 point. And I thought, man, this deer's got potential. And he was really clean, um, all up until he's probably seven years old. And then I started seeing some kickers coming off. And then this year he was nine and a half, and man, he just he 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 grew from last year to this year probably twenty inches, and added on a couple more points. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is. I've got other properties that I I hunt, but I was I was being patient with this one, this property and this deer, and I knew that I knew that he wouldn't be harvested where he was at. Uh, this was actually on a lease, but I'll say this: in the past uh, 11 years, I've only taken two deer off of a lease property. The rest of them have been off of uh, public ground. anybody could have uh, anybody could have harvested on. Anybody could have hunted on and taken this uh, this deer, this magnificent animal. Well, he's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you spotted him first, I think you said in 2013. You've been watching yes. him all these years, and. Uh, you've been using trail cameras and kind of patterning him, and it, I, th- I thought it was really interesting that uh, you moved a camera earlier this year because you suspected he <laughs> might be somewhere else. Or, did you get a little closer to his bedding area? What did you do? Oh, that's that's my favorite part probably of the of the story and the as far as the pursuit goes. Um, you know, I had these trail cameras. The way that it works in here in Appalachia through our mountains. What will happen usually is those bucks, uh, during the hot heat of the summer, they'll stay down in the cool valleys on the north-facing slopes where it's cooler. And then they'll, what they'll, will happen as the rut approaches, they'll move up onto the ridges because they can cover more surface area up on those ridges going, going through saddles in the mountains and going along ridges. They cover a lot more ground uh, checking for does. So I had my cameras out in my traditional areas where I'd picked him up in the past seen other bucks and not only was I not seeing him I wasn't seeing any deer and we had went through a drought of about 60 days straight with no rain and I thought to myself man that's had to have pushed these deer way down in the valley and in the belly of these hollows so I thought I need to move my cameras off these ridges because I'm not seeing them down low and not only was I not seeing them but a bunch of other my buddies uh, that we had talked back and forth about this they weren't seeing him up high where they traditionally have seen him either. So I moved a few cameras down the middle of the mountain, and I picked him up on one camera. And I thought, oh, so that's why they're not up high. They're, they're still down low. 
in the, probably in the oaks because the, uh, there's a lot of acorns very plentiful this year. So I decided, I thought, well, if I'm not getting in my pie and I've only got one picture of him middle of the mountain, I'm going to go on this one point where I got him middle of the mountain, and I'm going to go off that point into the hollow and put another camera. Well, when I did that, I started getting a ton of pictures of him and several other good bucks. And I, I, I immediately I thought to myself, well, I found him. So two days later, I went back and went up and checked that camera early before I hunted, saw that he had already been through there. So I backtracked. Yeah, you checked that camera at 5 in the morning and, and noticed yeah. that he had been there at 2.30 just a couple of hours earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, yeah, and I, I noted the direction he was going. So I thought, I'm going to backtrack back down to the bottom of the creek bed. Oh, it's actually an old railroad grade down there. And I followed that old railroad grade down four drains. I think it's four drains. Um, and, and popped up on another point going in the direction that he was. And no kidding. About an hour after daylight, here come a really nice nine point, 145 inches or so. And, but I knew the big one was in there, so I was being patient. Well, he passed through and about an hour after that, Big nine point, uh, nice nine point pass through. Uh, here he came. He came in checking a scrape and, uh, presented about an 18 yard shot. And, uh, I was able to put a good shot on him and he, he went about 200 yards and, uh, and we found him. Wow. What a great hunt, man. You, you did your work. You put your time in and you hunted this deer for six years and it paid off for you. I'm sure, uh, that when you took the, the, the shot, you were just steady as an oak. But I bet you two oh, yeah. minutes. Oh yeah. I bet two minutes later you were shaking like a puppy passing a peach seed. <laughs> I love that. But honestly, that is the truth. During the moment of the shot, yeah, pretty pretty focused and and pretty cool as a cucumber. But yeah, as soon as you touched off that uh, that trigger release of my bow, uh, oh my gosh, I just yeah, you fall apart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. Well, the the Lord gives us great blessings uh, from time to time, and certainly this is a monumental uh, blessing in your hunting career and, and in your life. You've, you've pursued this great animal for so long, and uh, now you're going to enjoy him on the table and probably up yeah. on the, the wall with a great memory for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that, you know, uh, I, I believe in what you just said. You know, you said that, that the Lord provides these things, and, you know, uh, to to whom much is given, much is required. And, you know, through the through the thankfulness of the provision of the meat we have, and uh, thankfulness for the for the hunt and the memories, uh, I give I give all the all the glory and all the credit to him because he he does make it possible for us to go out and uh, and enjoy his creation. And and you know, out there we get more than the hunt. We get a we get an atmosphere and we get a venue to be able to go out in and to reflect. And regain focus in our lives and find ourselves and, and, and while we're out there in our pursuits, we, we get to reconnect with Him. Absolutely we do. If you ever want to get closer to God, go sit by yourself in deer blind somewhere and watch the sun oh, come up and, and, and look at His creation. Hey David, That's again, true. congratulations. We're just so proud Thanks. of you and, and, and a little bit jealous, but, uh, you know, we're, we're just, <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to be happy for you and, and oh, really uh, appreciate the time. Thank you, guys. Great to be on the show with you guys. I really appreciate it. David Miller from a couple of years ago talking about his gorgeous West Virginia buck, 179 inches, 
17 scorable points. Wow. And, and the way he hunted that deer, he watched him for years, moved his cameras around, changed his pattern as the deer changed his pattern. He really studied and did his work right. Great job, David. I love to hear and rehear that story. If you'd like to rehear that story or share it with a friend, you can do that. KinderOutdoors.com. There's lots of places you can download the podcast. I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we've had together in this old camp house today and invite you back next time around. Until then, may God bless you and your bunch. Music.